Hello, and welcome to Ready and Newman's daily podcast, your go-to place for common questions about immigration to the United States. Ready and Newman is a team of experienced business immigration attorneys who handle a host of visa categories and complex immigration cases. This podcast will provide an insight into our daily free conference calls hosted by our attorneys, as well as discussions on hot immigration topics. Please note that information provided is not to be construed as legal advice for your specific situation and does not constitute an engagement with Ready & Newman PC or establish an attorney-client relationship. For specific advice on your situation, please contact an attorney. Here's your host. Hi, this is Rahul. We had some technical difficulties, guys. Today is Monday. The time is about 3.30 p.m. The DM NPC has been conducting conference calls for the past 10 years. If you have any questions, please do raise your hand. If you're a newcomer, please put your camera on and let our team know you're a newcomer. Pratap? Hi. Uh, hi, Rahul. And, uh... Pratap? Yeah, hi. Hi, Riddhi. Uh, hi. Uh, so I have a question. Uh, my wife uh, is on H4 and uh, her both I-94 and uh, passport got expired on March 12th, 2022. And uh, we haven't, uh, ex- we haven't uh, renewed her passport. So this was, a, I mean, uh, we, we missed it and uh, we realized it today when we were doing an H4 extension for her. And my attorney says uh, she has to leave to India as her N-84 is expired. So do I have any options? Uh, Her visa is stamped until uh, August, 2022 this year and uh, her EAD and uh, APR approved. I'm I'm, I'm looking- APR approved? Yes, yes, they are approved. If the EAD and APR approved, she's in legal status. But the only thing is that she's not an H-1B, that's the only issue. She's not an H-4, sorry. Yeah, she's an H-4. No, you said her I-94 expired, right? Yes. She's an EAD and AP. That's fine. She can stay in the country and continue working there. No, she's not continuing. My question is, uh, so my my attorney says uh, uh, she's out of, uh, uh, she's, I mean, like her stay in the US is illegal and uh, she has to deport. You told me that she has an EAD and AP approved, right? Yes, they are. She is not illegal. If you want to, you can make an appointment. I'll tell the same thing more elaborately, more clearly. But she is not illegal. She is legal to see in the United States. Okay? Uh-huh. So, next, so, next, next. She's an adjustment of status. She's an EAD. She's an advanced parole. So she's good. She doesn't have to leave. Yamark? Rahul Redigar, can you hear me, Andy? This is MRK, Andy. My full name is Ramakrishnan. Hi, Mark. Hi Ramakrishnan. I can hear you. Buddy. Sir, a uh, quick question. Uh, actually, I've downgraded... Can we do it in English? Can we do English unless it's needed? What, sir? Can we, can we speak in English? Uh, yes, sir. I was speaking in English. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry, so, I've yeah, I've downgraded in uh, 2020 of October, sir. And then uh, I've uh, done the transfer of underlying basis as of March 4th. 
my current situation wait, is wait wait what do you mean transfer you mean to say i mean refiling refiling as per the new usas policy alert i have refiled to eb2 to montclair california office on march 4th that's not considered as a refiling we oh, use sorry, the word interfiling. as interfiling oh interfiling. yeah sorry okay my bad interfiling that's okay so i okay, did interfiling and my current situation is uh, premium i140 in eb3 has been accepted last monday so i'm thinking it will get approved as of this weekend so the question is okay. with both the approved i140s do you see any challenges if i refile after interfiling question number 1 and question number 2 have you seen lately i know i've been following your calls on youtube and uh, earlier you were like very confident in telling to refile but now after usais has put that policy alert you're kind of telling it's your guts your decision whatever you have to take are you seeing any yeah. low from your side uh, your clients whoever has uh, refiled with both the approved i140 is can we expect to see any success what are your thoughts on it good question first is that even though you interfiled even though you have eb3 and eb2 is approved you could still do refiling with regards with regards to the interfiling we gave a different opinion in before january we gave a different opinion in the first week of february we are giving a different opinion in march though we expected in uh, in the in the last week of january or first week of february we expected that the uscis is going to pull out all the eb2 applications when we do the interfile and start approving it but we have not seen that happen at all not seen that happen at all um the refiling cases are definitely getting approved much faster but at this point of time we are not going to tell you anything i'm going to just state the facts and percentages too. the refiling cases are getting more approved than interfiling 10 times and 20 times more. okay sir so there are no challenges i can go ahead and refile even after interfiling that's not an issue at all as long as, as long as you are maintaining anonymous status yes you can next person please shakti hello rahul garu uh, uh, quick question sir uh, can we do a h1b transfer while h4 extension is pending what are the risks for h4 if h1b old employer revokes the h1b petition how can we mitigate the risk good question first is you can do the change of employer while the h4 is pending there are less than 5% chance that the h4 may be denied to mitigate the risk the best thing is file the h4 again but if you have filed the h4 the cd file the h4 the cd again so you are saying you need to file h4 again with the new employer that is right that's to mitigate the risk okay you said somewhere in your blocks that interfiling is required is that is also still a, a, a solution rahul i didn't say it's required um it definitely may mitigate it if you do interfiling once you get the h1 get rule but i strongly strongly recommend to refile the h4 so but when you refile a h4 it will be the with the current date right how far about uh, the days which will be between the one i know i, I know what you i know i know what you're speaking if by any chance they deny the first one 
you can definitely tell them look dummy guys they should have rejected the other one they wrongly rejected it she still entitled for the age group okay they will not run out of status right <laughs> rahul because it's a decision to no, join sir, a company not. if you follow if you follow my directions you will not all right okay thank you rahul next person please sukesh Sukesh Reddy. Hi, actually, uh, I'm Nidhi, uh, his spouse, and uh, I have a question. Hi, Rahul. Uh, I have a question. Like, I recently applied for H4 EAD, and it is still in process. So, can I travel to India for a few weeks while H4 EAD is in process? Would it? Uh, when? When is your H4 expiring? So my H4 expires in May 2023. So I have another year, and uh, it's. And H four EAD. Why didn't you file the? Is your husband's I one forty approved recently? Yes. Yes. Okay. Let me answer the question, ma'am. You will have no problem whatsoever at all on your EAD by your travel. They will still approve the EAD even though you travel. But my I ninety four number would get updated, and uh, do I need to report to USCIS about the recent I ninety four number? Doesn't matter whether. Doesn't matter whether you report, you don't report. Your EAD will still be approved. Okay, and I have one more question. Actually, I have an EAD in process, and my H one application was selected in the lottery. So, can I still? Uh, I mean, I just wanted to, you know, uh, go ahead with H four EAD and use my H one maybe uh, next year or somewhere down the line with a future full time employer. Is that a possibility? Like, can we file H one without a change of status from H four EAD? it's not advisable that you do that okay mm-hmm. because technically to be counted towards the h1b member you must have an i94 approved or you must have the h1b stamping if you get the h1b approval without the i94 you are not counted towards the h1b member what's the purpose of getting the h1b member but i will tell you one trick you get the h1b approval mm-hmm. on october 2nd you go to mexico and come back Mm-hmm. On October first, uh, October second, you go to Mexico because H one B is active on uh, October first, right? You can be unemployed okay. for a period of sixty days. You go to Mexico, when you come back, you tell them, "I am coming back in H four. I am happily married with this guy." Okay. Got it. It's okay, a little so- bit complex. You can achieve the H one B member and still not use the H four EAD. And you can do that, but if you did not understood this very clearly, you may have to book an appointment. Okay, next person, please. Sure. Swaru. Hi. Hello. Hi, Rahul. My question is about uh, H1B transfer. I shifted from uh, employer huh? A to B. and employer b filed a transfer petition with texas service center and we got an rfe and we responded the same uh, two weeks back however the status uh, has not updated to received rfe response it still says uh, sent initial evidence and uh, rfe is due in one week should i call up uh, uscs uh, toll free number and ask them to log a service request when did you respond to the rfe uh, two weeks back Yeah, it takes a little bit longer time for them to reflect it. The other thing is that you do have extra sixty days. 
let's say if the deadline is April 25th, if you didn't respond by June 25th, June 20th, then you should be worried about it. There is an automatic 60-day extension right now because of the COVID. Okay. The, uh, and two weeks is a very small time. You may have to give a little bit more time. Okay. The context I'm asking this question is, we filed this uh, H1 petition back in December, and for 45 days, we did not get a receipt. And when we called them and logged the service request, we got the receipt in one day. So I was thinking that the service request will do the trick. You can try. You can try. Nothing wrong with it. But if okay. it doesn't reflect there, don't get panicked. Okay. 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 Thank you, Rahul. Next person, please. Pranit. Hi, uh, Rahul. Question. Uh, so my 485 was filed like recently, very recently. My priority date is uh, November 2013, so straight EB2. And I was, did not get a chance to apply in October 2020 because I was changing jobs. So now, um, so how often, uh, how long I can... Um, Way to change the job. I have an offer in hand, so I'm trying to decide based on the current Six months. Six months. 180 so, days. So I have to be with this company for 180 days for sure. That is right. If not, you're going to lose the whole. You don't want to take a try. Okay? Okay, thanks. Next person. Sure. Surendra? Uh, hi, Rahul. Um, I'm Surendra. So I'm traveling to India. I'm on H-1B visa. Um, my employer uh, is okay with me working remotely from uh, India for a couple of months. But before that, I wanted to know, um, is there a limit or a good number of days until which we are supposed we can work from India and still collect salary in India? I mean, uh, in US. No, so, so wait a minute. So you are on H-1B right now? Yes. And when is your, when is your H-1B passport snapping expiring? Um, until 2023 August. So you're planning to go for four months there to India, work there for four months? Um, uh, roughly around uh, two and a half months or three months. Absolutely no problem, sir. You're perfectly good. Okay, so I can still receive paycheck in US, right? I don't see that as a problem at all. Okay, okay. Next yeah, that is, yeah, thank you so much. Sunil? Hello, sir. Sunil here. So actually, I have my 140 with my previous employer, and uh, my current employer uh, you know, started the process for my green card. And my priority date is uh, 2012 March. So my current employer asking for 485J. So my question here is, uh, if I submit my 485J, can I straight wait, away? Wait, 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 wait. You didn't file the 485, did you? Not yet. I'm still in the process, you know, applying for the perm and advertising, all those. Uh, that is with company B that you're working. So who yes, is correct. asking for 485J now? My current employer is asking for 485J from my previous employer. Why? So that he can file the 485 application for you? Uh, even that's what my question is, sir. Even I'm confused. Oh, you know, what is the purpose of 485J? Uh, my company, my current employer is asking, what is the purpose he's asking so that I can directly apply for 485? 
and skipping all the initial steps. Why is your why is your current employer is asking? If you are asking the 4858, it makes sense. So it doesn't make any sense why he is asking that question. You should ask the employer, why do you need a 485J from them? Maybe he is asking I-140, you get confused. Hello? Mm. Yeah, I'm here, sir. I have no clue why your current company requires a 485J from the X company. I have no clue. If you want to have a 485J supplement, I can understand it because that's, way, that's how you can file a 485J application. Why does your ex your current company wants your ex company's for it by I have no clue. Ask your company. Don't go to the old company and ask for it by J. They might spit on you. Sorry to say that. Okay. Okay. Ask your current company why you need this one. Okay, sir. Thank you. Next, next person, please. Rohin. Thank you. Hi. Hi, Rahul. So I was looking for help and found uh, found your website and joined. This is my first time. So my perm filed in Chicago in April 2014 in EB2 from my employer branch in Chicago. So then uh, my branch was the branch was closed uh, one, one month after I, it was filed. Then in then I was I was remote uh, employed uh, there and then I was moved to branch B in Texas in 2015. So it is April 2014, which is a priority date is current now. So in during this time, they did not process, they did not create uh, the a new perm, or, but the job description re remained same even though it got promoted, but the description is almost same. But the location is changed. Really now they're not uh, filing the I-485, uh, saying uh, you need to do a new perm again. So that attorney partner who is with the employer is not allowing um, I-485. The employer even agreed to like move me to an like, um, employee, a remote employee in Illinois, but still they're saying if, if you add a remote employees, because uh, in the perm 2014, it was, uh, the address was given and uh, look, office location is not there. The case will not be strong and it will, it might uh, uh, cause an interview or something. So they, the, the cleanest path they said is new perm. Again, which might take about a year and uh, with the employer. I'm aware of yeah. I'm aware of it. Um, I'm so, not a um, need so, so let me understand one thing though. One thing though. Yeah. They are telling I, I completely agree with the lawyer though. Yeah. But my main question is that are they willing to not file it? Are they telling it's a risky to file it? They're saying risky to file it. Like if you but risk but risky they, to file it. Yeah. I would go risk it. Hmm. And and, and I, I truly understand what your lawyer is telling. I'm not blaming him at all. Sure, sure. On the parallel, though, can you file a labor certification from Texas? Yeah, uh, that is PERM, right? PERM is a labor certification. Yeah, yeah. yeah yes, they're, they're doing it. So they won't do the PERM. So but so both can be done. Uh, Parallelly, they can do both, both. Both can be done. I would do uh, both the things. If you fail in the first, you, you pass in the second. For sure, you and also, I want you to maintain the non-immigrant status of until you know what a non-immigrant should be. H1B eligible for your family. Yeah, yeah. Until yeah. you get the green card. Okay. Okay. Sure. Until you get the green card. The reason is that it definitely is a risky venture, though. Even though you may have moved to Illinois, it is a risky venture. It's good that you moved to Illinois, but I still 
want you. I still want you to maintain the manual insurance. Okay, sure. Thank you. So it is possible to do the, both at once. So just that I need to convince that. Yeah. Thank. You. Ashwin. Next person. Hi. Uh, hi, Rahul. Ashwin. So uh, I was on H1 uh, uh, till December 2021, and I had to move on to H4 because it was maxing out. So I applied in October 2021, both H4 and EID. But uh, since I was mm -hmm. uh, I was working, uh, I had to move back to India to Indian payrolls. I moved back to India in December 2021. Uh, mm -hmm. My H4 and EID still uh, still in the case received status. So what I did is I went ahead and got the H4 stamping uh, uh, through uh, the H1 uh, petition. H4 is stamped. Mm -hmm. My my question is, should I go back to uh, US to get my EAD or uh, can I continue to be in India till I, till my EAD is approved? Your EAD may not be approved at all. The reason is that you find change of status from H1 to H4. If you leave yeah. the country, the change of status is considered to be abundant. So to be on a safer side, I want you to come here to the United States, apply for the EAD, and then go back if you want. Okay. Oh, the second EAD? Yes, sir. Okay. Okay. So the, the uh, other thing is that, the other, the other question that I have is that, while you are outside the country, while your company has never filed a green card application, What's going on the green card application? Even though you are in India, they can still file a green card for you. Are they filing it? No, they have already filed. The perm is in progress, but uh, uh, the uh, but that will not come another I, for another six six more months. I got it. I got I got it. So I definitely want you to come to the United States and file a new EAD. A new EAD. That is right. Okay. Okay. So there is no chance that this EAD will get approved. I wouldn't say that there is no chance. I would give you less than 10% chance. Okay, okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Rahul. Next person, please. Sarah? Uh, hi, Rahul. Um, I have two questions, actually. Um, I have my H1B Dropbox appointment scheduled, and I'll be traveling to India. And I'm just wondering, should I carry any documents related to my uh, proof for physical address, like lease agreement or like utility bills? Um, and do you think what, they're what, gonna... What visa, what visa you, did you apply for the passport stamping? H1B. They normally don't ask the lease agreement, but if you were living with your cousin, okay? So yeah. we have not seen them asking the physical, physical lease agreement and other things. We have not seen them. Okay, got it. And my second question is, um, so I booked my um, appointment. So I, I started my DS-160 and uh, uh, I couldn't actually retrieve the original uh, DS-160 application ID. So I had to start another DS-160 DS and I updated oh, that. that I'm sorry? That happens. It is so, believe me, that happens. It is so complicated, DS-160. You just pause, it just kicks you, boots you out. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You created so, one more DS-160. Yeah, I created one more DS-160 and updated that in like the profile update. Like, uh, I updated the DS-160 application ID. So, um, do you think there's going to be a question uh, about that during my Dropbox appointment, uh, or um, no. should I? What should no, I no. carry? 
And that is the crappiest website link I have ever found in my life is GS-164. You're fine. I'm not expecting any problem from you because you filled it and you forgot the password and refilled it again. You will have no problem because of that. Okay. And should I be um, carrying both my old appointment with my old DS-160 uh, application ID and the new one? Or I guess the new one is good. Okay. That's great. Thank you so much. Next question. Ramesh? Ramesh? Yeah. yeah. Uh, hi, Rafael. Uh, this is for my wife. Uh, uh, she's actually working on H4DAD right now, uh, which is valid until uh, January 2024. Uh, we're planning to go to India in the month of July and return in August. Uh, so the question is that uh, actually she got also selected in H1B lottery. The company has filed this year. Uh, if we go to India, is there any problem with the stamping or should she should she get stamped in H4 or it will be on H4? Uh, is there any complications on the travel? Um, when is she, when is her appointment then? Sorry, sorry, Rahul. When is her appointment then? Appointment is in July, July 21st. Yeah, sorry. Gayatri, can, when is she planning to come back? Uh, we're planning to come back in August uh, 15th, like that. Yeah, she has to go and come back and hit for and apply for the H1B again, though. The reason is she, the H1 is not active until October. Right. So she can't come on August. Though. Can she not postpone the trip? Okay, you suggest that postponing is the best thing at this point? Best thing, yeah. I mean, it takes a lot of time. Attempts to get the H1B. Now you get the H1B, now you're telling, I want to go travel right in between April to October. It's like, you know, you've been, you've been financing for God for a thousand years. God comes in and says, hey, wait, God, I need to go. Oh, I need to drink my tea. Okay, if we, if we plan the trip after October 1st, so she can get stamped as H1B? Yeah. Okay. And actually, we already uh, filed uh, the appointment is fixed under H4 uh, for all the slots. So we can uh, remove one slot and then That's use right. the same uh, receipt ID. For that part, I don't know, but you can cancel the appointment. Okay. Okay. Sure. Next. Thank question. you, Rahul. Naveen? Hello? Naveen A? Yeah. Hi, Rahul. Um, I have a quick question. So my 485 was applied in uh, in October. I was downgraded from EB2 to EB3 by my current employer. And then I was the unfortunate one where- That is October was, of 2020. October 2020, yes. And I was one of the unfortunate ones where they lost my check. So they rejected the case and I had to wait until September of last year to file. So that time they accepted it. Uh, in January, I got an RFE on my 485 asking for proof of social- uh, partnership with my wife which i had sent from the field office and then in and then in uh, march of 23rd uh, march 23rd uh, from the field office they sent me a letter saying uh, that we are sending your case back to nbc my case was always in nbc but they are sending it back to nbc because visa regressed and therefore they have to push it back to nbc my priority date is september 5th 2013 so now my question is 
should I enter file because I'm hoping in the next visa bulletin, my date in EB2 will become current. And I have an EB2 approval as well from the same employer. Um, so, so should I enter file or should I refile? And then what does, uh, and then what does this, <laughs> sorry. I want you to watch the video, which Gayatri is going to give it to you. Uh, okay. There's a 15 minute video that questions answers about refile and refile. Okay. And then does, uh, just, just to follow a quick follow up, Rahul, does, uh, does the fact that they resent my application to NBC, does it mean that the pre-adjudication is complete or does it mean that they just saw it and they said, it oh, could be. it could be, it, we cannot, we cannot tell that thing. We okay. cannot tell that thing. I want you to do one thing. File a printout information, FOIA USCIS. Google it, file it, and it, and try to get the 485 application to see if there is any notes that you can see. But yeah, we cannot tell whether it's been pre-adjudicated or not. But all signs, all signs shows that it's in a good hands. Okay. Okay. Next great. person, please. Thank you. This will be the last person we take. It's about four or five guys. It'll be the last person we take. Shravani? Hi, Rahul. Uh, see, in October 2020, right. uh, my priority date is October 10, uh, 2010. So uh, my attorney accidentally downgraded with amended petition from EB2 to EB3. And then he told us... Wait, about wait, 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 wait. Sure. It was current in EB2. Yeah, they downgraded accidentally and they didn't tell us until 14 months later. Two months later, sorry. So in December of last year, they told me, yeah. Yeah, the I-140 is approved after EB3 or not? Yeah, in uh, December of last year, we upgraded to premium and it was approved in EB3, all right? And then uh, in March, uh, we applied a standalone EB2, even that got approved um, last week. So my question is, um, is it better to do an interfile or refile? Or do I have to wait certain time, like one month or two months to do any action? Why? Why? Because for you, both the dates are current, right? Yes. EB3 is current, EB2 is current. Why do you interfile? Why do you refile? Um, my H1 is expiring. Definite... Yes, sir. Sorry, Your H1 will be extended, though. That's not a problem. Mm -hmm. Interfiling definitely does not make any sense at all. Mm -hmm. Interfiling does not make any sense because they're not acting on the interfiling. Refiling, if I were you, I would not refile. Okay. But I would not say that it is stupid to do refile, but I would say it is stupid to do interfile. Okay. So it's better to sit tight and wait until they adjudicate my petition. If I were you, I would do that. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Thank you, guys. The next conference call is tomorrow at 11.30, so we can take all of you guys. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Ready and Newman Daily Podcast. We sincerely hope that you've taken something valuable out of it. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. For more information or if you want to make an appointment, check out our websites, rnlawgroup.com and immigrationgirl.com. Have an awesome day.